Welcome to the Roncast, where entrepreneurs find killer tips, techniques, and tools to start and growth hack any business. Brought to you by one of Canada's favorite business personalities, Ron Davies. Ron Davies. Enjoy the show. Hi, guys, and welcome back to the Roncast. Um, the episodes we're running right now are all about COVID-19 business SOS. Uh, we started off in the first episode with sort of an overviewish look. And uh, what I'm going to take you into today is two things. Uh, one is how to assess where you are right now. And uh, a lot of us are so far into our businesses that we don't see the forest for the trees. It's really important to get a baseline sense of where we are right now. And then I want to get uh, right into the next part, which is how uh, we're going to market in this current environment. So you, you need to have a sense that is accurate in terms of where your business is right now. We talked a little bit um, about uh, SWAT, strength, weakness, opportunity, and threats in the previous episode, I think was um, TRC 40. But what we need to get into this time is actually quantifying that now. So I've got a few questions that I want you to be able to answer uh, so that we can effectively apply those answers into part two of this episode. This episode will be a little bit longer because I want you to be able to take action from this uh, this weekend. So this is Easter Saturday. So let's kind of go through with where we are. You're going to get a lot of strategies that you can use that are gonna help with your business. But the reality is if you don't know where you are right now, there's no way to measure if something is an improvement, an increase in business or the opposite, if it's a decrease in business. So what I've found historically is that people that have a good idea of their numbers um, generally do really well because they know what's working and what isn't. So here are some questions that you need to kind of ask yourself. Um, as we go into part two of this episode and anything afterwards, it's all going to come back to what you do right here. So you need to be completely candid with yourself in terms of what's happening in your business. So I want you to get out a piece of paper and answer the questions, you know, what's going on in my business? What, what is the overall environment? Am I growing? Am I shrinking? And this is kind of notwithstanding the COVID-19 situation. This is just in general. Are there new competitors in your market? Have competitors maybe fallen away? Um, and that's localized to your business. Now, what about your industry? If you're in the buggy whip industry, chances are it's shrinking. Um, if you're in alternative energy, it's probably growing. If you're in food, it's probably stable. Uh, if you're in housewares, it's probably stable, but you have a lot of competitors, uh, things like this. So is your uh, market, the piece of the market you're in, the industry you're in rather, is it is it growing or is it contracting? Um, make a couple of notes about that. Just what are your feelings? Don't feel like you have to be an expert, but just, you know, what are your feelings on that? The third question is, what's the biggest problem that my customers are challenged with? You know, what could I, as the business owner, be helping them solve? Um, in fact, if I could help them solve it, 
what would have them basically kicking my door in to come to me to solve it. Um, and if you don't know what your customer's challenges are, send an email out to them and ask them. Or if you're in a face-to-face -face type of business, um, maybe you could have them record a video for you for digital marketers and for offline marketers. Maybe you could incentivize them with, you know, a free coffee with the next meal or a discount or something in order to get that feedback. Because what I've found with customers is that if you ask them for their opinion, they will always give it, whether it's good or bad. And if you ask them what they need, they will tell you. Um, I had built a mailing list along with my brother when we were business partners of over 500,000 digital marketers or people learning digital marketers marketing. Um, and what we did each week is we did two uh, webinars each week and we covered what they wanted to learn in those webinars and how we knew what they wanted to learn was by polling them and asking them. So do that. And the fourth one is how is your bank account looking? Right now we're talking about how long businesses can last um, living out of uh, cash reserves. Um, what do your liabilities look like right now? Are your, your rent or your lease being forgiven? Or are you getting a break on that from the government? Uh, what do you have in the bank? Essentially, you know, what does your cash position look like right now? Uh, be really candid, be really honest, and don't pull any punches because this is just between you and yourself. And not including the COVID-19 period of recent, what have your uh, sales looked like for say the last three to six months? What do those look like? Um, have you been increasing sales, decreasing sales? Don't worry about the whys or the hows, just what is the trend? Is it up, down, or straight sideways? Um, get used to using trend lines. And the way that I use trend lines is I either draw a, a short line, maybe a half inch long, that goes from down to up, or from up to down, or a straight line sideways. And that's all I do because even though the numbers are critical, what gives you a quick read is that trend line. So are, is your sales trends going up, down, or sideways? Um, what does your sales pipeline look like? You know, uh, what does that look like for say, the next three to six months? And what's the biggest, would you say, um, parasitic drain on what you do? You know, how could you get rid of it? So do you have staff that are dead wood, but you feel too uncomfortable letting them go and they're just increasing your monthly burn rate? Do you have products that you have in inventory that you can't move and they're holding up capital? Do you have a, a rental that you're not optimized for? Uh, do you have a tenant that doesn't pay rent? These kind of things. So what are the downside things you're experiencing in your business in terms of just burning up money that maybe we could find a way together to get it cut away. Um, so you're kind of thinking this is probably sounding a little bit like a SWAT, just a snapshot. It is kind of, but it's, it's more specific about each part. Uh, the next question is, um, what is the, the largest, we're on the kind of the O here, what is kind of the largest opportunity in your business over the next three to six months? You know, what, what's the, the growth opportunity, if any? Uh, for example, right now, because so many shops have closed, even though maybe they weren't forced to, that means that the, com the competing shops that remain open are in a current place of opportunity because they've reduced the amount of competition. On the other hand, if you're in pharmaceuticals, this is a great opportunity to become the local place to go for, say, face masks during COVID-19 or vitamin C 
or zinc, or I'm not a doctor, so I'm not giving any medical advice, but uh, for anything that helps people, uh, you know, get through COVID-19, whether they've been diagnosed, not diagnosed, and so forth. And really, this last question is is a really important one. You have to either be in or be out, right? Um, what was it in Karate Kid? The young fella said to Mr. Miyagi, or Mr. Miyagi said to the young guy, you know, you can either karate all or karate none. You should never karate some. Um, your business is the same way. You've either got to be fully in it or fully out of it. it I, I'm saying in it. I should say on it. I, I, you know, in coaching business people, the idea is to get them out of their business so they're working on it and not in it. So I apologize. I'm using the wrong language here. But what um, what is your belief in working on your business? How strongly do you feel that your business has the ability with you doing everything you can to succeed during this COVID-19 situation, right? So just kind of rate that yourself. I want you to take those questions and just leave them aside for now because I want to move you quickly into the next step. Um, this is very time sensitive. I wanted to spend less than 10 minutes on that kind of questionnaire. Um, I might be putting one up in Google Docs and I will post the URL for that at uh, theroncast.com. Um, under this will be uh, TRC, which stands for the Roncast, if you haven't guessed that already. TRC 41, I believe this will be. There will be a link there. Um, I'll have a document made up that you can fill out online. And that will give me some insights as well. You can leave it anonymous if you want, or you can put your name in, your email address, whatever you want to do. But I want to move swiftly into the next part. Um, we want to talk about marketing, right? Uh, there's nothing that you can't solve in business with great marketing. Uh, great marketing converts into sales. Even if your sales conversion process isn't very good, great marketing will cover that up. Um, if you don't do great marketing, you're going to be swallowed up by those that do. Because the reality is that marketing is a simple thing, right? Marketing is not mystical. Um, it's about getting people to raise their hands or not raise their hands to demonstrate an interest or a non-interest in what you do. That's really what it, it is, right? You don't want to start selling people on something before they've indicated that they're interested in it because that's putting uh, the cart before the horse. It doesn't work that way, right? So really what you want to do is just be able to identify are people interested in what I do or what I don't do in terms of a business? Um, Marketing is not mystical. It's not particularly creative. Now, I don't argue that there are great creative minds out there in terms of producing um, picture collateral logos and images and market speak and headlines and email content. All of that stuff is a creative space. But really what marketing sits squarely on top of is information, data, if, if you will. It's basically the process of taking a single marketing initiative executing on it, and then measuring the results. So a typical example of that would be, uh, well, for, well, let me give you, let me give you a homestead type example. When I go to sell something on, let's say Kijiji, here's a great example. Lots of people are doing a thriving business on Kijiji right now. So when I go to sell a, a Harley Davidson motorcycle on Kijiji, I will, against Kijiji's policies, I apologize guys, but I will, post a slightly different ad in four or five different municipalities for the exact same thing. And then I will see which one gets the most eyes, which headline. 
that headline I will then put on all of those ads and use four or five different descriptions. Now sure this sounds like a lot of work, but if it wasn't Kijiji and I was paying for those ads, I would want them to be really optimized, wouldn't I? Because if I'm paying for a click, I want that click to be the right person. I don't want a tire kicker. A lot of people go into things like Facebook ads or things like that and they just try to write their ads so everybody will click on it. That's the worst thing you can possibly do. I write ads the opposite way. I write ads to prevent people from clicking on it except for the exact people that I want to click on it. That's called qualification. That way I'm only paying for the people that click. This is part of the problem with local radio ads and television ads and things like that is that can't be done. Um, Unfortunately, I'm not a big supporter of radio ads. Works for some people, doesn't work for most, but we'll go down that road another time. Right now, what I'm trying to point out is that marketing is about collecting information, right? So right now, regardless of what kind of business you're in, my bet is that some of your competitors have shut down, right? And if they haven't shut down, they're probably concerned with their cash reserves. So they've reduced the amount of spend on marketing other than deals they were already in, like I said, with radio station contracts and, and things like that. Uh, you know, marketing agency, digital marketing agency contracts, they still probably have to fulfill on them. But the reality is they will be spending less. If you look at say um, McDonald's, right? During the last recession, McDonald's increased their advertising budget, I think by three or four times when everybody else was advertising less. Burger King, Wendy's, uh, Harvey's, they all reduced their marketing budgets and McDonald's increased theirs by three or four fold. They took a huge market share from the others and they managed to hang on to them. So you can do the same thing here. Never be doing what everyone else is doing. Um, this is one of the reasons that I don't mind doing audits on what digital marketing agencies or marketing agencies do for clients because marketing agencies are in the business of making money. The way they make money is by doing just enough work and producing enough result that you will be impressed with them enough to keep them on uh, their retainer and to keep them working for you. How do I know this? Because we've done the digital marketing agency model that has been embraced for about 15 years now and it's still the main marketing model that's out there. The reality is though, you want to own the digital marketing agency, not be a client. Because like I say, just like most employees, now there are great employees and there are great marketing agencies. Most of them are not. Most of them are what we call median agencies. They don't know what's new. They aren't really in touch with everything and they're going to do just enough to keep you impressed enough to keep you on as a client. Um, you know, there's the old joke, right? Uh, where they say that uh, a guy would say, you know, I know that 50% of my marketing works, but I don't know which 50%. So even though that's funny, it's, it's very true. And if you're marketing properly, you should always be getting a return on investment. You should never be spending, say, $1,000 on marketing and only making 500 back. That's not good marketing. It's not being done right. And marketing should never be something that you're not aware of. It's probably one of your most important key performance indicators is, are the ones that relate to marketing, right? The whole key to marketing is doing something and then measuring the results, right? Try a different one, measure the results. In the digital marketing space, um, we used to do native advertising. 
And in native advertising, if you've ever been on a website and you know it's one of those things that here's the top 25 weird things that live in the ocean, those kind of sites, you scroll to the bottom, you would see what looked like a bunch of image article boxes. There might be six or eight or 12 of them. Those are actually largely native advertising. Native just means it looks like it's part of the blog. Just like a native app in your smartphone is just one that's made to be part of your phone. Um, but native advertising is basically like an infomercial for blogs. That's really one way to look at it. So when we would run a native ad, we would create five different images and five different headlines, five different descriptions, uh, the main part of the text. And we had a software called Brax, B-R-A-X-X.com. And we would upload all of these things into that and Brax would create every different version possible of those five images, five headlines, and five descriptions, and it would market all of them equally. And then after, say, 10,000 clicks each or something like that, you would begin to see which image is getting clicked the most. You would see which headline is performing the best, which description is performing the best, and you would continue to cut away the ones that aren't performing and bolster the ones that are performing. So after a while, you've got 80% of your marketing budget driving the ones that are successful and you're testing with 20% of your marketing budget the new ideas, right? That's kind of how you do it. So you have to continue to market where you are right now, right? And we wanna talk about determining what it is you're doing in marketing, right? Because you might change something as a result of this episode and you've changed it for the worst because you didn't know what was working. So get familiar with what your key performance indicators are for your marketing. You know, basic uh, key performance indicators in marketing are things like, um, you know, how many leads did this uh, marketing initiative generate? And then a, a marketing slash sales key performance indicator would be how many of those specific leads uh, did a conversion? You know, they became sales or they subscribed or they, you know, came to the store or whatever. And then what was the average dollar value um, for those sales that those leads and those conversions produced. And were any of those customers past customers? Were they new customers? And how many are repeat buyers? And you know, what was the margin on the sales in the end? And none of these things are really difficult to do. It's just a matter of getting set up. You can do it on a piece of paper with a pencil, right? Basically each campaign you run, I don't know if you remember in the old yellow pages, I know I'm kind of dating myself here, but in the yellow pages, there used to be ads, you know, the little display ads in the yellow pages for tow trucks and pizza. In the bottom corner of the ad, it would say something like, you know, quote this code to get a special discount. And it would be like A1, B2, C3 kind of code. Well, that code has little to do with your discount. That code is telling the marketer that you came from that specific ad. So they know that ad worked. There might be another ad just like it somewhere in another publication that had a different code and nobody, nobody called in on that ad. So that's how they're tracking that. And the easiest way to do it, I actually did this in a, an earlier episode. It might be in the first TRC one through TRC 10, where it's the easy dumbass way to track if your marketing works. And I don't mean dumbass in a derogatory term, because if you're in tow trucking, if you're in, uh, if you're a butcher, if you're, you know, run a bake shop or a print shop, your job is to be good at those uh, technical things. My job is to be good at helping you with these things. So when I say dumbass ad tracking, I don't mean it in a negative or derogatory way. 
I'm just dumbing it down so that I know you'll use it and you'll get a result from it. The easiest way to do it is when people walk into your store or they place an order on the phone or they email an order to you or they buy something from you on Amazon. For example, my wife sells all kinds of artisan goodies on Amazon that she makes at home. And she always asks them, how did you find me? Why did you choose me? You know, why did you choose me over someone else? So as you kind of master these KPIs and you start to get a grip on them, um, what you'll find is that everything is gonna start getting less expensive and becoming more effective. An awful lot of business owners um, seem to market uh, by either random influence or recommendation. Um, they kind of just throw darts at the marketing dartboard and hope for the best. And rest assured when I tell you this, chances are 90% of your competitors are marketing in exactly that manner. Um, a big part of marketing is not just, you know, the indicators themselves and knowing what they are. I mean, that's an important part. But where a lot of people go wrong is that everything is a shotgun approach. Earlier on in this episode, I mentioned how when people do, say, pay-per-click marketing or radio marketing, they're trying to talk to everybody. <clears throat> they're trying to get everybody to click. They're trying to get everybody to tune in. And that's the wrong way to do it because you have a cost per person that walks through the doors of your shop or a cost per person of people that go to your product for sale online. Um, what you want to do is only have the ones walking in that are exactly your market, right? The exact ones that will probably produce a sale and that's part of what qualifying is. So for example, uh, if you want to run an ad in, uh, let's say it's a paid ad in Kijiji, you know, you can do those. Um, if you wanted to run an ad for a pizza place, for example, uh, you don't want everybody to respond to the ad. You want people that, first of all, have a pulse and have a credit card and that eat pizza and are willing. So it's not just that, they, that they're capable of paying, it's that they're willing to pay and that it's a product that they buy. So how do you do that? Well, one of the ways is by really knowing your market. Who is your target? Who is your avatar? And I don't mean that movie with uh, the cool six-legged horses and the people in space that lived in the giant tree on that planet and the movie Avatar. Um, I mean, who is your target market? It's not enough to say, oh, well, middle-aged guys that are semi-retired, you know, or... Uh, or 18 to 25 year olds that uh, that shop in the mall. It's it's not specific enough. So one of the things that, that I have people do that's very effective is I have them create a complete profile for three different avatars. And all of these avatars would be the right avatar for your target market. Um, so what I would like to know is, you know, what, uh, the demographics of this person. You know, how old are they? Are they men? Are they women? Are they boys? Are they girls? Um, what kind of places do they live? Where do they live? Um, are they family people? Are they single people? Uh, where do they find their entertainment? Where do they get their information? What news do they pay attention to? What magazines do they read? Uh, in fact, that's one of the very best Facebook targeting things you can do is lookalike groups look-alike audience uh, for a specific magazine. Um, what's their career? You know, what do they do for a living? Are they farmers? 
Um, are, they in, are they in high finance? How do they transport around? Do they own a car? What kind of car? Do they take public transit? Uh, what type of transportation? Do they use Uber? Things like this. What are they excited about? What's their pastime? Do they play tennis or do they go fishing? So, you know, what are the things that, that worry them? What keeps them up at night? Are they worried about their retirement savings? Are they worried about their children's education? Are they concerned about their health? Um, you know, what kind of reservation might they have about your product or your service? What would be their reservation? If you already know what their reservations are, it's easy to address them, right? Um, are they people that would buy something through their smartphone or do they prefer to walk in? I mean, there's a lot of people in older generations that don't bank online the first time. They want to walk into the bank the first time, get to know everybody, and then after that, they'll do all their banking online. You know, would they buy your product online or would they only buy it in person? Um, what kind of earning demographic are they in? What are their political affiliations and affinities? Are they primarily uh, conservative or are they liberal? So by just kind of creating three profiles for three fictitious people that exactly match who you are, uh, or sorry, who you are, exactly match who they are in terms of your perfect market, right? And then we're going to go on to the next step, which is called um, message to market match, right? We're basically going to keep you from being in the median. Um, you want to be always an outliner, outlier. That definition uh, of who you are, your brand, that makes you an outlier, that makes you different from your competitors. Um, why, you know, why should people come to you? Think about the reason people buy specific brands, right? Everything I own pretty much, uh, other than the Samsung phone that I'm using right now, uh, is an Apple product, everything. Um, all of our backup systems, the desktop systems, the laptops, uh, networking, everything is Apple. But I'm aware of how bad the new iPhones are, so <clears throat> I switched my smartphone to Samsung. Um, but why do I go to Apple? Um, Apple is unique. They have a unique uh, proposition, and that is around it being very easy for an end user which is me. I'm not a computer programmer. I am an end user and they make it very easy for me to do anything. If I want to print a document, it doesn't matter where I am, I can print it. I don't have to install drivers and figure out how to be a computer expert. So your business needs to be unique. Um, look at some of the beverage companies <clears throat> like Jones. I don't know if you've seen the Jones root beers and Jones cream sodas and things like this. Their product isn't necessarily any better or any worse, but their brand says we are different. We are snowboarders. We're into extreme sports. We're young, we're energetic, uh, we're adventurous. So again, it's not about the product or the service necessarily. It's what they do at Jones to separate themselves. What does Harley Davidson do to separate themselves from Yamaha, Honda, Kawasaki, and so on and so forth? They have the most, one of the most loyal brand buyers um, in the world are Harley-Davidson owners, uh, which is my wife and I as well. We have two of them here. It's not because they're any better motorcycles than anybody else. In fact, in a lot of ways, they're not as good, uh, but they certainly have built a loyal brand for other things. One of them is they don't depreciate as quickly as all of the other brands out there because there are so many loyal secondary market buyers. So what is it about your service, your price, your quality that sets you apart from your competition. What is it about 
the customer experience with you that's different because this is going to be a big part of your message to market match. And we're coming up on a half an hour here now, so I'm going to wrap this up. But I want you to give some thought to the pieces we've discussed, make some notes, have that uh, kind of moment of thought about where your business is, what do you know about it, what don't you know about it, who are your avatars, what marketing are you doing that's working, what marketing are you doing that isn't working, and what makes you different from your competitors because we're going to use that in the next podcast to create your message to market match. Um, that's it for today on the Roncast. I'm your host, Ron Davies. If you have any questions, you can shoot me an email at ron at theroncast.com or you can go to um, www.theroncast.com and visit me and drop me a note in there. Please remember to subscribe and like this episode and have a wonderful Easter weekend. That's it for this episode of the Roncast. Be sure to subscribe and tune in again for killer tips, techniques, and tools to growth hack any business. We hope you've enjoyed the show.